You know, today we have a fairly interesting gospel. I really do like it. I remember when I was first ordained, the parish that they sent me to, the pastor there, whenever he would have a first communion, wanted that gospel. And after a year or two, I finally said to him, I said, Monsignor, I like the gospel, but what does it have to do with first communion? I mean, does it have anything to do with first communion at all? He goes, well, of course it does. Zacchaeus was short in stature, and so were the kids. That's how his brain worked. But we're at a very interesting crossroads in Luke's gospel, and I want to just for a moment try to focus a little bit on what we're encountering in Luke's gospel. We're into chapter 19, and we're getting ready to enter into Jerusalem. Now, if you recall, Luke himself had just presented us a couple of parables. Last week, we had a parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in the temple. Luke doesn't name either of them. He doesn't give them names. He doesn't do anything like that. He just has the two of them. And who went home justified? The tax collector. If you just jump ahead, then you get to this weekend, but there's a lot in between that I think we really, as, as those of us who are here today, really need to spend a little time and understand if we really want to get Luke's point. Because Luke all of a sudden now has this story of Zacchaeus, but where did it come from? See, Luke, he often doesn't give you the names of characters, and yet he gives you the name of Zacchaeus. Why Zacchaeus? What happened in between is very important. There's a couple of very important encounters that happened. Number one, in the end of chapter 18, we see after the whole parable that he gave, Jesus goes on to extol children as the ones worthy to enter the kingdom of God, their innocence. And then he has a rich official approach him. Now, this year they don't put it in the cycle because we had other versions of it. But this rich official comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to enter the kingdom? And Jesus looks at him and he says, something that I know I can't do, keep the Ten Commandments. Well, I've kept them all, Lord. Can any of you say that? I've kept them all, Lord. I haven't broken a single commandment. Oh, come on. Anyhow, Jesus doesn't do that. He says, all right, fine. Take it one step further. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me. And he went away sad because he had many possessions. Don't know the guy's name, but he went away sad. But then there's another thing a little later on that is very, very important. Jesus is just about to enter into Jericho. He's at the gates of Jericho and he encounters a blind man. Again, in Luke's version, the blind man doesn't have a name. He's at the gates. I want to see. Jesus heals him. And what does the blind man do? Immediately starts to follow him and they go into Jericho. Now that sets the tone for you and for me because first off we have the, the taxpayer, uh, the, the tax collector going home justified. Then we have a rich man being told, it's time to give up all your possessions. That's what's holding you back. And then we jump to this blind man who suddenly now has vision and is able to see what he's, who, who, you know, the people around him. And then you have Zacchaeus. You know, these readings are very, very rich. If you noticed in the first reading, and I love the book of wisdom, if you, if you can spend time with that reading and pray over it again and again, God's patience is ordered to our repentance. I'm glad God is patient with me. I'm glad he, he's giving me the opportunity, but his patience is for our repentance. It says it very clearly. 
He looks away from our sins so that he can allow us to repent. And that's a big, important thing. Because now we see Jesus with Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus is an interesting individual. We don't really know a lot about Zacchaeus, but what we do know about him is important. Number one, he's short. I think that was pretty clear. Jesus made that kind of clear. He was so short, he couldn't see Jesus. But we also know, too, that he's not just another individual in the town. He's a tax collector, not just a tax collector, the chief tax collector, which means he's been at this a long time and he's real good at it. And obviously he would have power and money. And yet we hear from the way the story unfolds that Zacchaeus is kind of excited about seeing Jesus. Now think about that for a second. I think every human being has that same desire within to want to encounter Jesus. We may not know it, we may not recognize it, but we all have that same desire that we want to encounter Jesus. And Zacchaeus, recognizing that there's something amiss in his life, that he's been filling up this desire with power, with money, with a big house, with pleasures, now suddenly realized, no, hold on a second, there's something better, and I want to encounter that better. And so what does this rich, powerful individual do? He pushes his way through the crowd. No. He gets to the end of town and climbs a tree. Now, I'm at that age, probably like Zacchaeus. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm up there. I don't think I'm climbing any trees. And yet, what does he do? He's, oh, I want to see the Lord. And he climbs up a tree. That doesn't impress any of you, I can tell. This is, this is a key thing. He's that excited about seeing Jesus that he's willing to be a little foolish for Christ. And then Jesus spots him in the tree, and it all unfolds from there. Now, imagine for just a second, if you could, after coming here this morning, and you spend your time here desiring to encounter Jesus and seeing him in the Eucharist, and then you step outside on your way out of here, and there's Jesus standing right there, and he looks right at you, and he says, I'm having breakfast at your house today. That would be pretty exciting, wouldn't it? <laughs> But, but I haven't cleaned it. Zacchaeus doesn't do any of that. He's ready. He's, come on, let's do it. Jesus wants to dine with Zacchaeus. I've heard too many stories of prelates, of priests, of people who go to these events. They go to these big, lavish things where all sorts of sinners are going to be there. And let's face it, we're all sinners, so no matter what event we go to, we're going to have sinners. But they go to these big, secular events because they want to be among the sinners. They, they say, well, Jesus ate with sinners, so that's why I'm going to this big gala affair. But I always point out, but there's a difference. Jesus went to the gala affair, encountered the sinners, and brought out saints. How many saints are you bringing out with you? Either you have or you haven't. That's my theme for the next couple of weeks. Either you have encountered Christ or you haven't. Either you know Jesus Christ or you don't. It's an either or and it has to stay that way. Either you have or you haven't. See, Zacchaeus in his excitement wants to encounter Christ, but when he does, wow, something happened. Something changed. If you have encountered Christ and nothing has changed, then that encounter was fruitless. Jesus went in 
encountered Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus encounters him, and Zacchaeus changed tremendously to the point where he says, I'm going to give half of what I got to the poor, and the rest of it I'm going to give back to the people I've cheated. Wow. He did what the rich official didn't want to do. He encountered, the rich official encountered Christ, he couldn't do it. But Zacchaeus, in his excitement, is ready. Lord, I'm yours. And we don't hear about Zacchaeus again. This weekend I'm speaking at all the masses because I feel it is my responsibility as your pastor at least once a year to address the entire congregation and to let you know where the parish is at on several different things, especially where we are with our finances. Now I do this and I've done this since I've been a pastor. I do this every year because I remind myself, and I will say this to you again and again, it is not my parish, it is our parish. I am not the only one in charge here. Well, I might have to make some decisions and I might have to be a good steward. It's us working together. We have to work together to make this parish such a beautiful and wonderful place. It's your parish and my parish. And so I revealed to you where our finances are at in full disclosure. You can look in the bulletin this weekend and see a summary of the finances for the parish. And yes, we did operate in the red. It's been a real struggle for us, just like it is for anybody else. We did operate in the red, and I just point that out to all of you because I feel it's our parish and you, you should know where we're at. But I want to be clear about a couple of things. Those who encounter Christ know that they've encountered him. And there's a generosity that wells up within us when we have. And so we see in today's gospel, we see in the readings, how those who encounter Christ are zealous for Christ. But notice a key thing in all of this. Notice a key thing. The encounter was for the sinner who came to Christ. And so this parish, I believe, needs to be a locus, a place where a sinner can cross our threshold and encounter Christ. Now, since we're all sinners, I hope when you come here, you do encounter Christ. That's, that's what we come here for. But also, too, for those who are lost. Because Jesus came to seek the lost. And when that lost person crosses our threshold, did we provide an environment in which they can encounter Christ? And that's key. That's very important. And so we all have to look very carefully at our role, our part in supporting this parish, of how we support this parish, both financially as well as with our own time, with our own talents. This parish rises or falls not on me, but on you. On you encountering the sinner. On you being there to help the weak and the disenfranchised. On how you respond with your own generosity. And I have to tell you, throughout my life, again and again, I've had my ups and downs like anybody. I've had those times when I've become a lot more self-reliant, figuring I can do it, I can handle it, I can figure it all out. And those are the times when I fail the best because I fail miserably without Jesus Christ. And then I turn back to him and I encounter him again, and it all starts to change again and starts to move in the right direction again. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, is our responsibility. So it's not my parish, and I make that clear. It's not Father Patrick's parish. We are just stewards here to do our part. We are here to lead and to guide. Our goal is simple, get sinners into heaven. 
That's what we're here for. While we have to worry about the material things, while we have to worry about the, uh, the financial things here, that is not the first priority. To be a haven for sinners, that's our first priority. And so we do that together. Now, that means, of course, that we all have to pray about what we're doing and how we're doing it. Are we really following the Lord? Or are we holding back from him? Are we holding? What, what holds us back? What is it that possesses us? For, for Zacchaeus, it was power and money. It was pretty clear. He was a chief tax collector. He wasn't giving himself fully to the Lord. And he knew something was amiss and wanted to change that, and he did. He changed it by encountering Christ. You know, as your pastor, I will be very clear about this. I don't care how much money is in your bank account. I really don't. That's between you and God. I'm not here to tell you what to do with the gifts that God has given you. But I'm here to remind you that there is a generosity of spirit for those who encounter Christ. There's a generosity in our hearts when we have that encounter. Because either you have or you haven't. And if you have and you're still holding back, well, that's something to pray about. That's something to turn to God and ask, why do I hold back, Lord? What is holding me back? What keeps me from responding fully to you? And that's a struggle for all of us. It's a struggle for each and every one of us here today. We have to keep searching and keep searching and, and looking for Christ. Either you have or you haven't. There's a lot of other things that go on. You know, people, you, the, the, the parishioners of this parish are very generous. We've had such good things happen in the, in, over the, my time here. There have been people who have remembered the parish in their wills, and we've got a nice little generous gift from somebody. There are people who remember us through their stock options, and they give us um, excess stocks that they've had and things like that. We've even had people who just come along and will say, you know, I see the parish needs to have such and such done. Here's a check. It's happened many times. People have that kind of generosity, that kind of spirit, that kind of response. It does happen. And I know it happens even for you. And so I say to you, there's a lot going on. During the course of the next couple of years, however, there are some deferred maintenance things that are going to have to happen. And so we'll most likely be trying to have a little bit of a campaign to raise some additional monies because this building here does need some work. It's getting to that age. It's you know, 65 years old, and the roof is starting to go. And if you need proof, it leaked just the other day. There's some damage right there. The water was just pouring down. The choir was here, thanks be to God, that could get a bucket under it. But the roof is starting to go. If you look very carefully, it's a slate roof, and it's starting to flake and fall apart. And so we're going to need to start working on that. But then once that's done, we'll have to redo the inside of the church here to get rid of any of the damage that's come um, over these years of water getting in and other things. So we'll have to paint the inside of the church. We'll have to work on the sacristies. The paths outside need to be redone. There's, a, there's some work that needs to be done. But here's the good news. I know it's difficult because I know the economy is off right now. We're all looking at a difficult winter. Even we, the parish, are looking at that same difficult winter. We, we know there's going to be a lot of expenses. And so we appeal. Just pray about it. And if we can, we will. But here's the good news. I will not spend any money until we have it. That's how it works with these campaigns. See, some guys will do it based on taking a loan in advance. I won't do that. I promise you, once we have the money, then we can fix the roof. Once we have the ability, then we can do the job. And that's how it'll work. And if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. I'm okay with that. But I just make this appeal to you and ask you to continue to pray. To continue to offer your prayers. Pray for me. Pray for Father Patrick. Pray for our priests. Pray for all of your fellow parishioners. 
Pray that we all can respond with that generosity, that we can respond with that sense of encounter that we get from Jesus Christ. Pray that we can respond and be able to keep this place, this beautiful place that was given to us. I mean, I remind myself again and again, I'm the 17th pastor. There's been 16 before me, and there's going to be hopefully plenty after me. It's not my parish, but those who came before me were the ones that handed on a legacy that I try to continue. And the parishioners parishioners who sat in these pews before you handed you a legacy, and now it's our turn to hand it on and prepare it for the next generation. So, my dear brothers and sisters, pray about it. Let's all talk. Anytime you you see something, let me know. If, If you realize that something needs to be, let's talk about it. You sometimes will see things that I don't see. Let's talk about it. We need to have those conversations. Let's work together and let's work on making this parish that haven that it needs to be, where a sinner will walk in, encounter Jesus, and after encountering him, go forth on fire for Jesus Christ, spreading the good news to all whom they encounter. So today, I only ask one thing, that you continue to pray. That's it. Know that God is blessing you. He has blessed you. And we pray that God continues to bless all of us in this parish so that we may truly be disciples of Jesus Christ and hand on to the world what we have received, that gift of grace and that time of repentance. God bless you.